0: Welcome to Watershed's September podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove. I'm a cinema curator here at Watershed, and what a thrill it is to finally be reopening. It seems like a lifetime ago that we closed Watershed. On that day in March, as we powered down the building and quite literally drunk the bar dry, we had to, otherwise, some stock would just get thrown out, or so I was told. The remaining staff sat in the last-to-be-stacked table to eat the last of the perishable food. A colleague opened a book and when we were likely to reopen. The furthest date out was the beginning of June. I think most people, including myself, thought then that a couple of months should do it. We didn't immediately cancel Cinema Rediscovered because the end of July felt far enough away surely not to have to take it off the calendar. How happily naive and gloriously optimistic we were. We have seen the coronavirus reshape society in unimaginable ways. Well, actually imaginable. I watched Contagion in the first couple of weeks of lockdown to remind myself how Steven Soderbergh had imagined a pandemic. And he does a frighteningly good job. The past six months have seen the film industry, as with the rest of society, shaken to its core. The first sign of the significant changes afoot in an industry that has been resisting digital inevitability was when Trolls World Tour went straight to an online platform. The second was Christopher Nolan's Tenant moving from its saviour of cinema mid-July date to its staggered release at the end of last month. Why are these significant? Trolls World Tour completely bypassed the cinema release to take some healthy income on digital platforms and consequently putting AMC, the largest US cinema chain's nose, out of joint in the process. The fact that such a high-profile title could bypass cinema and take money demonstrates to the studios that this is a viable financial model. The fallout with AMC has been fixed with a significant new agreement on the theatrical window. That's the amount of time a film is available exclusively in the cinema. Over the decades since the arrival of television in the 1950s, that window has gone from years to months and now days. 17 of them. Of course, the consumer now has many different ways of consuming film, but COVID has much more clearly and acutely demonstrated audiences' appetite for digital consumption. Before it was going to be the saviour of cinema, Tenet was the latest in what has become known over the years as tentpole blockbuster releases, a concept given birth to by Jaws and Star Wars in the 1970s and refined by the franchise formats of the likes of The Avengers and Fast and Furious. The only difference being that Tenet was not a franchise release, unless, of course, you think of Christopher Nolan himself as being the franchise. Tentpole releases require enormous marketing spend, and if you're going to maximise that spend, then also a global release, rather than country by country, makes sense. There is of course always the very real concern of piracy which a global release tries to lessen. Given the chaos that COVID has entailed and in particular the impact on cinemas in the US, the global release of Tenet was never going to be straightforward. A balance was struck with a staggered release with those countries whose cinemas could reopen. However, given social distancing, restrictions on capacities in cinemas have been significantly reduced so the amount of tickets sold will be reduced, therefore the money going back to the studio reduced and on it goes. Film at the box office is where money and meaning, entertainment or art, take your pick, meet. And in a digital age, well there are many more options to monetize your product or content. I use these terms intentionally. A recent piece in the New York Times had the headline, The Week. Old Hollywood finally actually died, describing the corporate clear out at Warner Brothers. If, like me, the words Warner Brothers conjure up classic Hollywood films from The Public Enemy to Casablanca and Bugs Bunny cartoons, then reading their Wikipedia description will soon make you realise the accuracy of that headline. Here it is Warner Brothers Entertainment Inc. Is an American diversified multinational mass media and entertainment conglomerate headquartered at the Warner Brothers Studios complex in Burbank, California, and a subsidiary of ATT's Warner Media through its Studio and Networks Group division. End quote. No mention of film. That's quite away from the studio set up by Jack, Harry, Albert, and Sam Warner in 1923. The 21st century model of cinema predicated on blockbuster releases is going through some serious contortions. But as I always seem to be pointing out, and as you know, there is more to cinema and film culture than Hollywood. The rest of the world are making films, and even in America there are smaller budget, independent films being made. All of this is by way of describing some of the background noise to thinking about what I would put on for Watershed's reopening. I've also spent some time watching films, no seriously, on various screens in my house. Even watching Mulholland Drive on my mobile phone to prove David Lynch right. And always on my mind was the essential nature of the cinema. None more dramatically so than when finally catching up with Pedro Costa's Vitalina Varela. I could only imagine the intense impact its haunted and haunting images would have in the cinema. We were due to screen it pre-lockdown and I felt there should be an opportunity to experience it in its intended setting. Similarly with Oliver Laxey's Fire Will Come, which again we were due to screen before lockdown. Laxey's film has a powerful visual simplicity which culminates in a sensory explosion. These led me on a journey of films which speak to an essential cinematic quality. Films like Barry Jenkins' Moonlight, Selinskiyama's Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Dial Yinan's The Wild Goose Lake. Our opening programme was beginning to take shape. I also wanted to tip my hat to the wonderful phenomenon that was Bate. Cornish made, Bristol produced, Bate seems to have the whole history of film in every single frame. The opening films also include suave Bristol boy Archie Leach giving one of his finest Cary Grant performances in Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest. Grant's connection with his home city, now appropriately designated a UNESCO City of Film, have been brilliantly surfaced by the biennial Carrie Comes Home Festival. It's always important to put things in perspective, so our first screenings since lockdown also include Suheb gassmel Bari's documentary Talking About Trees, a wonderful portrait of Film Passion, which follows four elderly Sudanese filmmakers whose careers were stopped by a military coup in Sudan 30 years ago, as they valiantly and with great generosity and camaraderie try to reopen a cinema. Finally, new releases to the cinema will kick off with large lies, tense, paris-set drama Les Miserables, which screened at last year's Cannes Film Festival, and the delicate romance of British directorial debut reel from actor, writer-director Aki Omoshabi, which premiered at last year's London Film Festival. Filmmaking is rightly seen as a collaborative creative enterprise. At Watershed, the exhibition of films is similarly a collaborative practice, whether that is with colleagues internally or partners externally. So an extended thanks to all who have made this opening of Watershed possible, and I very much look forward to seeing you all. In the cinema this month Thank you